You're listening to the Really Big Questions podcast with Cynthia Hickman. I think one question which I guess some everyone will come across at some stage in their life is, what is the difference between sex and making love? So that is a good question. Uh, and... I guess not that many people actually ask this question these days because people are happy with having sex, which is fine. But I would say that there's actually a difference between having sex and making love and some people are interested in that difference and good to explore the fact that there is a difference there. All right, so if there is a difference, let's try and break it down about, you know, what, what sex is and then what making love is. So sex is more the physical, chemical, energetic um, sexual act that you're having. And it's, and it's hot and it's sexy and, and that's great. Nothing wrong there. Making love is different because it's got the, the heart connection there so that you're connected to your heart and then you're connected to the heart of the other person. So in a sense, it's more of a, a whole thing. So you're having sex, but there's a making loveness to it because there's the heart involved. Oh, so many questions on this. Um, so many questions in the big question. So with, okay, so you're in a relationship, you've been in a relationship for a long time. Does sex naturally progress into making love or is it something that you have a bit of a an understanding or a desire to do and you purposely shift it into making love or can it be a natural progression? I guess any of those. <laughs> but no, um, having sex does not necessarily lead to making love. Like I've got a lot of clients who um, are in their, say, 40s, 50s, so they've been in relationships for quite a while and sometimes they're saying that it's actually headed from making love into having sex because it's become mechanical and routine and they've got lost a bit of the connection with their partner so they're just having sex because you're supposed to have sex and that's what they're doing but it hasn't got the making loveness to it anymore like to make love actually takes more effort is completely the wrong word but more mm, presence mm. and connectedness and um, intention so is it something that is a part of your those sort of qualities that you just mentioned for making love. Is that something that's already in the relationship and then that and that kind of naturally progresses to the bedroom? Yeah, yeah, in a in a way like you would be having a relationship where you're connected to your heart and you have care and consideration and devotion and commitment to your partner and you want the best for them uh, and that that love and open-heartedness is is happening during the day with your partner. So the way you relate to them has that loving care. So it might be in the way you pass something to them or the, the way that you speak to them. It's already God are making loveness to it. So instead of it being transactional and it's just like, hey, can you do this, let's do this, it's just transaction and carrying on about the everydayness of life. Instead, you're doing the everydayness with a love and a care and a consideration. So you're passing something to them gently and you're talking to them with care and, and bringing forth that care as you speak and relate. So there's already making love and then that moves into the bedroom just in a sense naturally because it's just a continuation or a progression of that, that loveness that you're building day to day. 
Whoa. Okay. So, so it's not not something you can just necessarily turn on in the bedroom. Like there is actually a bit of a foundational foundational yeah, work in yeah. your relationship. That's a good point. Yeah, because you wouldn't just turn it on in the bedroom. Like that wouldn't make sense because the love you would have already been building in the day and the day before that. It's it's something that you're consistently building with the intention, as in the intention is I love my partner and I want to express that love and I want to unfold that love and I want that love to grow. And that just comes into the bedroom as well. Because I, I can't see how you would then just step into the bedroom and then turn that switch on. Because Yeah, no, I tried that. <laughs> but, but I'm sure, I'm sure lots of people who are listening to this go, okay, yeah, I, I've, I've sort of noticed the same thing, that, that it doesn't matter how good your intention is, it doesn't matter how good or how much you, you want to be able to apply that, that if there's sort of not that kind mm. of lead in to it, yeah. it's very different. Because yeah. I guess with with sex with making love there, there's a level of vulnerability right yeah, that you have totally. to go to yeah that, that that's one thing about um making love compared to sex sex is what i find is that people are to some degree putting on a sexy self <laughs> or a hot self or a raunchy self or a, that self and Again, nothing wrong, that's fine. But in making love, there's an access to uh, an inner self that requires a little bit of a vulnerability because it's like you're, you're opening yourself up and saying, this is me. It's a bit um, <laughs> virginal, if, if you like. like. It's as if you're having sex for the first time and you're just saying, this is me, open, naked, vulnerable with you who is being the same and now we're in, going to engage from that place. And that's, that can be sexy and hot, but it's got this lovely, beautiful, sweet vulnerability to it. And that can be different to just sex. So, yeah, there's a couple of things in there. First of all, just saying that, you know, uh, frightening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is way more scary because you're not pretending. There's no role play or anything like that. There's just, here's me, my body and my being and now I'm going to be that and show that with and to you and you're going to do the same thing like yeah that's vulnerable I'm potentially scary to start with until you get used to that territory I'm just thinking about how you know this is I mean when you go into a relationship right Mm -hmm. you do tend to come with a bit of a show it's it's not many people to start with yeah yeah. because you want to show your best self and right. maybe your sexiest self. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's just say, for example, that you start a relationship, you're not necessarily, you want to be your vulnerable self, but it's absolutely a frightening place. We're not really raised in that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, right? we're raised to be way more protective. It's like present yourself rather than be yourself. And so if you're used to presenting yourself, especially like we said when you fall in love and you want to present your best self, to then go and just be your your essence self with someone that that's a bit scary territory and there's you know i know there's that common saying warts and all but let's get real there's no warts if we're being our true self i mean it can't be because we're all fundamentally gorgeous beautiful yummy yeah like your essence your 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 true self inside as that comes through is just naturally gorgeous we all have that that is beautiful but you're doing that from also like a literal nakedness or just just being that it's like wow there's nothing 
nothing to present, nothing to cover. Like you're just going to be that essence self with someone else. Amazing, but, you know, that's a little daunting to start. (laughs) (laughs) And it feels like perhaps there's a bit of work to do on yourself, not just with your partner, that this is a bit of a a self-journey, would you say? Yeah, to start with it because you'd you'd have to be familiar with, well, who actually am I if I stop being a presentation self and if I stop trying to be my best self, if I'm just being my true self, that, that would be a little work practice inquiry that you would be doing to start with and you you would be doing it with your partner because hopefully they they want to join in and so you'd be sharing that together and just saying this is the me that showed up today and you'd share that with a partner and they'd be doing that as well and that's you starting to number one making love with yourself like just loving who you are and then sharing that with the other person and that's the beginning of making love of just going, here's me and there's you and sharing that open-heartedly and transparently. So is this something that can be a natural progression or is it something that you really need to make a bit of a conscious effort on? Good question. Probably I think you're going to have to intend it. It probably won't come naturally just because of how we're brought up and how our culture is. We're taught to be a a show self, a presentation self. That's the whole social media, Instagram type Uh, culture is about education yeah try and be something so you're probably going to have to make some sort of intention about let's just be ourselves let's just try and be our our, our true self and that intention then would help you to unfold that and not like that's a difficult process that's Mm. not like no it's not hard but it's just different and probably requires an intention to be that is there something that um one partner can lead in the relationship or does it require both people to say, hey, yep, both going to do it? Um, It would be lovely if both did, but it doesn't have to be. One person can lead that way because if you're the one leading the way, you can bring that into the bedroom and being that invites the other person to join you there. They might not to start with and you might have to have the courage to, to keep bringing that delicate, sweet, sensitive, open, vulnerable but sexy self slowly though I think your partner would start to join you because it would be so inviting like the energy of that would be just so exquisite that they would probably drop down to join you in that territory it's actually very beautiful to hear that 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 is something that anyone can initiate at any time Mm, yeah and I can imagine that it would take a few goes (laughs) (laughs) you might not get okay we're going to switch into making love now and that's going to be the rest of our 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 sessions no it's probably going to swing between both yeah and sometimes it might be awkward and uncomfortable and clumsy but that's fine because that's sex when you're not doing a presentation self when you're not doing your sexy self it's like that can be funny and awkward and whatever but that's that's true self true sex and that's fine that's that that's part of making love is just being being you being the other person being them and joining in that together sometimes you can have a laugh because like what was that but that's great like riding a new bike (laughs) so to speak (laughs) oh that's fine so i'd imagine like even through the lovemaking session that there could be times that you sort of drop in and out or But, but, but not necessarily because the 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 vulnerability is 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 part of it so it's 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 
in and out and all over the place. That's all. That's all. <laughs> again, so to speak. That's all part of it. Yeah, and that's the fun and the joy of just sharing that intimacy together. I want to take you back to something you mentioned just a little while ago that you said love love making can be sexy and fun. Now, I don't know when I'm thinking about being vulnerable and a bit klutzy and stuff like that. How is that sexy? <laughs> Because there's there's the love, like because there's the heart to heart connecting that's going on. That's that's naturally sexy. Like someone that's expressing in that heart, and then in a bodily expression of that, that that's still sexy. Sex doesn't have to look like I don't know, <laughs> super raunch, hot, <laughs> whatever type of ideas we have about sex. It's it's super sexy to just be totally connected with the other person and in tune together and 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 having fun that's that's still sexy so that can be like sexy stuff it's a i think you're answering another really big question in a really big question like what is sexy i guess yeah yeah that's that's a good point yeah sexy isn't just what we have decided culturally is sexy it's not, you know, breasts hanging out and really super tight clothes and lots of makeup and moving in a certain way. We've decided culturally that that's sexy. It's like, who said? Like, that's such a narrow, limited definition of sexy. It's way broader, way deeper, way more vulnerable and generous. And oh, the territory is huge. Whoa. Gee, I can feel everyone sitting at home just literally melting right now. It doesn't it melt you because. It takes the stress away from the whole thing. It's just the territory's huge. Like there's so much that gets to be sexy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know like the listeners at home whether they experience this, but I know there's been times where I haven't felt sexy because I've got the mummy rolls, you know, (laughs) or I've got, you know, I'm not my normal trim self or, you know, I've got regrowth or whatever we find to make ourselves potentially look what we think is unsexy. But really, the way you're speaking is that once you sort of enter this territory, it's completely different. Yeah, because sexy doesn't have to be those um, ways that our society has decided is sexy. It's not about how you look. It's not about putting on some lingerie and now I'm sexy. No, you can be wearing whatever. Your body can look however. That still can be sexy. The essence is, are you connected to your own heart within and expressing and radiating and emanating that? That's what's sexy. Just just your beingness. Yum, that's gorgeous. That's sexy. I can feel a little bit of me being petrified right now to go, oh my God. Like, but what if I what if I'm, you know, connected to myself and my partner doesn't find that sexy? What what happens yeah yeah there's a challenge because we've decided that sexiness means someone else has to say that sexy and that's not true like your sexiness is just like i said based on your own emanation of your own beauty from within and if someone doesn't say and think that's sexy that's that's their issue that's something that's going on for them so your practice would be that if your partner wasn't responding that, to stay with yourself and go, it doesn't matter, this is still me being sexy, this still is sexy. And it might take some education for your partner to connect and feel the sexiness in that because maybe they've been educated to feel like, no, sexy only is this and this and this for them to start to feel like, no, it isn't, it can be this and this and this as mm. well or instead. 
Yeah, I've got to say, I think that the old social media influences, even porn influences. Oh, definitely the porn influence. Oh, have a lot to It's been devastating for what our definition of sex is. It's really, really sad. And when I see Instagram posts, often of um, younger girls, it's really sad the way they're presenting themselves. It's such a one-dimensional view of sexy when they don't have to put all that makeup on and all those clothes on and try and be, you know, skinny, that's not sexy. Mm. Like they were already sexy but, but beautiful, sweet, sexy. Yeah, there's a lot to answer for. Yes, I'm, yeah. You know, yeah. You know through, through things like natural disasters including a global pandemic which is sweeping the world and affecting a lot of people, you know, the rise in watching porn is through the roof. Mm. So I can only imagine mm. how that must be affecting people's psyche and their understanding of what sexy is and that you've got to do a certain thing or perform yeah. a certain act and... I know. Are we becoming more disconnected to the possibilities of making love? I'm afraid we probably are because porn is having a devastating impact and because it's just so ubiquitous. It's just everywhere and kids, which is so sad, are brought up on porn as their education about sex. So what's that doing about what their feeling sex is all about and sexuality is all about? So it's sad because... If not for that, there would be more of an opportunity to explore what sexual expression really is. Mm. And it's sad it's going down a very, very narrow and sometimes violent definition, Mm. an aggressive definition of what a sexual act is. And that's very sad. And sad I feel a little bit for women because they're being imposed upon and sometimes allowing themselves to be imposed upon because of pornographic ideas about Mm. what sexual activity is and should look like. That's just devastating. Yeah, well, data is is certainly supporting that, that, you know, there's been a rise in pornographic influence, sexual assaults, you know, and things Mm -hmm. like that. So Mm -hmm. it's certainly, you know, a part of society, which is, which is definitely going that way, which is destructive and and very, very detrimental to anybody's health and well-being. Yeah, yeah. And I would love it if instead of like um, doing sex education in schools that you're doing like love education Mm -hmm. about what love actually is and relationship actually is and connection actually is and vulnerability and intimacy actually is. We need a broader education about those types of things because otherwise porn is going to educate our kids and that's a devastating thing to be educated by. We need to let them know that there's way more that's um, available to connect with. Yeah. Way, in the end, way more satisfying than a, just a, a sex act because that's a very limited form of connection. The connection that comes from love and true relating and showing a true self and the intimacy that comes from that is way more satisfying. Are you finding in your, in your practice or through your clients that are coming in that this is something that you know, has been going on for such a time with, with people that they're getting to a point where they feel very empty. I mean, I can imagine that, you know, having – I mean, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. Like, mm-hmm. if each to their own if they're happy swinging from the chandeliers and doing whatever <laughs> they're doing, you know. But are people starting to get to a point where they're saying, I'm feeling empty, this is, you know – I'm just yeah, like I said earlier, um, w- women I find especially uh, in their 40s and 50s are starting to say like sex is just nah, not interested because it's been sex and it hasn't had the depth and richness that they would like and they, they don't know in a sense that they have the right to say there could be more here and I would like more. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to lead the way into that sort of territory. But if you don't head into that territory, it can end up being empty and boring and just like, no, it's just something you've got to do, tick that off the list and yay, that's over. Oh, 
goodness Which me. Is sad. Is this <laughs> I could be like really digging myself a bit of a hole here, but with you saying the the age demographic of the women who are saying sex is empty, is this this is maybe this is not a menopause thing. <laughs> we no. go off sex. No, it's <laughs> sometimes you you want to put it in that basket, but it's not. I think you're right that it's more of an expression of something deeper that's going on. That's been a disconnect. That sex has been sex when it could be more. That it could be an evolutionary thing where we evolve into a deeper connection with our partner. And we actually yearn for that. We, mm-hmm. we really want that. We love that. But if that's not available and if people don't know how to go into that territory, then they can end up disappointed and a bit, bit empty because of that. And that's not just a woman thing. I'm not being – it's a female-male thing as well. There are a lot of men out there who, yes. who are feeling a very similar thing. Perhaps that's why – Yeah, yeah. Not, again, not against the fellows, but, you know, why people have affairs and have – threesomes or you know yeah it can show up as as that sort of symptom that Mm. people feel there's something missing some depth missing but they don't know what and they don't know where to go to find it so yeah you can end up in affairs or it can end up in um like what we might call a midlife crisis type thing where it's like okay well something's got to change in life because something is missing what is it okay well i'm gonna deconstruct my whole life yeah when you maybe don't have to do that buy sports car Go yeah. to Bali, <laughs> do a yoga retreat. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not going to be it. Yeah, because it's actually a depth that we need wow, and so an openness that we're looking for and a connection that we're looking for. So, are you saying that the making love thing that we are missing? It's more. It's more than that. It really is something that's you know. I guess the love within ourselves that we're missing that emanate or that flows on into a love making yeah because that's implied in making love is that we have to have a connection with our own heart our own love inside because it's from that connection within that we then connect to the other person from so if you haven't cultivated a self-love inside then you can't cultivate a, a, a making love with another person that feels like another big question to ask on another time about what self-love is too. So, Yeah, because that's important. That's the foundation is developing yeah, wow. that self-love because then from there you can make love. Well, well you just, I guess, gave the, uh, the antidote to how to make uh, turn sex into lovemaking. Yep, yep, is to love yourself first. You're making love with you first and from there you make love with someone else. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Cynthia. Great advice.